Chapter 37 Cat Meet Mouse So, Magnus, now that we're about to blow up a multi-million dollar facility, let's talk. I hear you have a pet project going on here. Sounds exciting. Exactly where are you with it? Beth asked, her words marinated in sarcasm. Magnus cleared his throat, knowing she was fucking with him and pissed. Sweat began to bead on his forehead. It uh, wasn't my project. It was the scientist we hired, uh, Gomes. Stop, Beth said, interrupting him. I hope you weren't about to tell me that you didn't know what was going on. Because that would be a lie, not to mention insulting, she stated flatly, without the slightest hint of emotion. I know you're upset, Magnus said hesitantly. The normal swagger in his voice was absent as he sat looking at the only person in the world he was truly scared of, the most favored operative in the organization. You're right, I should have known. However, now that we do know, I, I think you'll find it very interesting. As a matter of fact, it's shown great promise. Beth interrupted him again. Wait, do I look upset, Magnus? Why would you think that? She replied, ignoring his babble. Cat, meet mouse. I realize this is suboptimal, but it's not my fault, he tried again. Suboptimal? Oh, I hate this corporate speak bullshit, Beth thought. She quickly broke in. Did you say it's not your fault? Uh, the scientist Combs, he said everything was working, Magnus continued. Shut up, her voice grew sharp and loud. The first rule of management is it's always your fault. Magnus gulped again, wide-eyed, searching for anything that would appease her. That's almost done. This could be a real moneymaker. Beth looked at him, shook her head. You're pathetic. She was quickly interrupted by a loud knock on the door. What is it? she yelled. The door opened, and Charles stuck his head in. I'm sorry for interrupting the girl and glasser employer in the vault, he said nervously, trying not to look at her. Good. Come on in. We have a few things that we'll need to go over after I'm done here, Beth said, glancing toward Magnus. She stared at both of them for what felt like an eternity as she collected her thoughts. Fucking Charles and Magnus. They're like two life-size bookends forged out of pure dumbass. No wonder Draper is at its wit's end with Magnus, and it's obvious that he's no leader and certainly no judge of operational talent. She watched Charles try to gain control over his long limbs and sit in the chair opposite her, scratching his nose and picking at his fingernails. She stared at him with a tepid mixture of disgust and idle curiosity, normally reserved for zoo animals. She turned her attention back to Magnus and finally broke the silence. Magnus, what I heard you say, and I'll paraphrase if you don't mind, is that you fucked this whole thing up. You had someone doing something under your nose that you didn't know about. Because of your incompetence, an ongoing operation, well, my operation, was blown apart and will be destroying a significant facility that's a key financial linchpin of the organization. Did I get that right? Did I miss anything? Beth said. Magnus just stood there, embarrassed, scared, and unaccustomed to being comprehensively dismantled by a woman. She continued, Jack Lasser, well, he'll be coming with me, and this pet project of yours, it's getting shut down. For now. 
But I've got... Magnus attempted to speak. Shut the fuck up, she shouted, sparks flying out of her luminescent blue eyes. Charles shrunk two sizes, and Magnus was just gobsmacked. She calmed down quickly, and in almost a whisper said, Draper and I have already spoken, and as interesting as the virus project is, you've jeopardized a multi-million dollar money laundering business that's been running somehow smoothly till now, as well as my project. We're going to have to destroy this place, throw money at the locals to help sweep this under the rug, and then rebuild it. We've also got to deal with a fuck-up in Toronto, Mr. Richard Long, if you'll remember. Now, I applaud your initiative to keep him in line, but as you know, and for fuck's sake, please tell me you know, he had nothing to tell. Please tell me he was dispatched before he had a chance to speak with Luke, before he had a chance to offer him a cocktail and chit-chat. She paused to let that sink in. Magnus cleared his throat and tried to speak, but she cut him off again. Oh, there's another noteworthy chunk of info. Oh, a good one, too. It just so happens that Luke Glasser is out running around the countryside at this very moment looking for his brother. I'm thinking maybe your boy Dick might have actually known a thing or two. I wonder what Richard Long actually told him. What about you, Magnus? What do you think old Dick told him? Beth said. Beth's slow monologue had ratcheted up 20 decibels and her voice was now sharp as her stare. She continued before he could answer, lowering her voice as if thinking to herself. Shooting out the motherfucker's plate glass window wasn't exactly low profile either, so Magnus... It would be really fucking helpful if you told me exactly what Richard Long knew and why you felt the need to kill him. Magnus was sweating profusely now, red-faced and shaking. Nothing. He was just a flunky. He helped put the licensing together for the business entity, was the public face, but he didn't do any work. He certainly had no clue about anything else or my other involvement, he said, referring to the organization. She used her lilting teen voice again. I don't think that's the case. One of Richard Long's guards is alive. He said Long was under house arrest. House arrest. What does that mean exactly? She asked curiously. Magnus stared at her, still red-faced, his lips trying to move, but nothing was coming out. You look upset, but please answer the question, Beth prodded. Magnus finally managed to get his mouth in gear and blurted out, I caught him looking at files on, on my desk. It was just paperwork, conveniently not mentioning that it was paperwork involving the viral project. That's all, he said. Well, that doesn't seem to be a major infraction, she said. He was the COO of this operation. My spider sense tells me that on a bullshit scale of one to ten, ten being completely full of shit, you're pinging a ten. You know why? she asked rhetorically. Because house arrest just seemed extreme for someone looking at papers. I take trust very seriously. I felt he was sneaking around, Magnus nervously interjected. Trust? She let that word hang. I'm glad we agree on something. So, that's it? And you're sure there was nothing he could share with Luke Glasser? That's it. There's nothing else, Magnus attempted. She cut him off quickly before he could get the conversation out of the ditch. And when I have this same conversation with your scientists, Beth said, 
about your pet project. He'll tell me that you and Richard Long knew absolutely nothing about it. Is that right? She asked, raising her eyebrows, cocking her head. Um, I'm sure he will, Magnus stammered, completely unsure if Gomes would lie for him or rat him out the first chance he got. But he needed to buy more time. I sure hope that's the case, because all of this seems like a big deal. Blowing up a crucial money-laundering pot farm to cover up a privateering fuck-up? Well, that's a big deal. Killing your COO in his house? Oh, that's a big deal, too. I'm thinking instead of you trying to craft some bullshit to make all this, she waved her arms theatrically, seem like a routine speed bump, you should be thinking about how you're going to repay the investment. She could tell that Magnus clearly hadn't thought about that. He'd been in the organization long enough to know that failure had consequences, and those consequences were usually stiff. He shifted back to talking about the virus project. From what I can tell, the core technology is there. Beth shook her head with dismay and looked at Charles. Can you believe he's still talking about this shit? Charles, if I ask you that question, would you suggest continuing with the same course of action that caused the fuck-up in the first place? After I've told him we're blowing the place up, Beth asked. Charles was uncomfortable being drawn into a conversation with a predator toying with its prey. He shook his head and averted his gaze. Yeah, I know. Me neither, she said, turning quickly back to Magnus. Magnus, have you ever heard that doing the same thing and expecting different results? Well, that's the textbook version of insanity. Magnus nodded. Good, so we're in agreement. That boat, the boat that was the virus project, has sailed. If it's something that Draper ultimately pursues... You're not going to be a part of it, so let's not bring that up again. In the meantime, where's Jack Glasser? Magnus sighed and dropped his head slightly, knowing he was in a losing position. He's in the vault, in one of the clean rooms. When Eric gets back, he can take you to him, he said. Thanks. I appreciate the cooperation. What else needs to be done in order to make this all go away? Anything I can do to help, she asked waving her hands in the air as if she was going to redecorate the office. Charles kept his head down, secretly trying to disappear. No, nothing at all. It's all done, Magnus said. The building is being wired and is almost complete. Anything of any consequences related to the project, such as equipment and that sort of thing, is being loaded into a tractor-trailer rig at the loading dock out back, as Draper instructed. As soon as it's done, we can leave. An hour if we move quickly, Magnus said. Who do you have overseeing the explosives? Beth asked. Eric, my security leader. He was just here. They're activated from my cell phone. Good. Sounds like you've buttoned things up nicely. Considering. I'll need to make a call, but I think I've come up with a way for you to make good on your fuck-up, she said, reaching into her jacket for what Magnus assumed was her phone. Instead, a small Walther PPK pistol emerged, which she pointed directly at his face. Magnus's startled expression never changed from the moment she fired until his head snapped back into the chair. Shit! Charles shouted reflexively, his body twitching from the concussion of the pistol in the small, confined area. He sat staring at Magnus's body, still twitching in the chair. Beth evaluated his fight-or-flight response. 
She was pretty sure there would be no fight. Charles stared down at the floor, certain the next gunshot would be the last sound he ever heard. Beth looked at Charles with disdain. I don't like you, she said. His eyes darted back and forth at the ground. I really don't, she continued, speaking calmly. Magnus was a narcissistic idiot, and while you've proven somewhat serviceable this past year, you worked for him before. The fact that I have to clean this mess up, well, it doesn't sit well with me. She flicked her fingernails. You should have spoken up before about him. Add to it that my operation was fucked as a result, and, well, as you can see here, she pointed to Magnus for dramatic effect, I'm not happy. Charles was never one for a clever comeback or who enjoyed talking. For once, this was a really good thing. She seemed to answer the main question in his mind before he had been able to ask. No, I'm not going to kill you, she said. I believe in second chances. However, ultimately what happens to you and your future within the organization will be up to Draper. For some reason, one that I cannot begin to understand, he has a soft spot for you, she said. She barely finished her sentence when the door to Magnus's office flew open and Eric charged in, gun drawn. Confusion crept across his face as he saw Magnus in the chair, not talking for once, and a neat bullet hole in his forehead. Beth sat calmly in a chair across from Charles, observing her manicure. She looked up as Eric drew closer. Have you heard about me? she asked Eric. The guard nodded eyes darting from her to Charles to Magnus's body. Good. Eric, you are Eric, right? She continued. He nodded again. Eric, you may want to put your weapon down before you hurt yourself, she said reassuringly as if speaking to a kindergartner. He complied immediately, convinced the woman who was now staring him down could kill him easily and probably enjoy it. She was someone who exuded extreme violence and a complete lack of self-doubt. Eric, I've just been talking to Charles here, and as you can see, there's been a management change effective immediately. The good news is that your job is secure. The only thing I need you to do is continue the plan as I understand it, meaning tie up any loose ends and make sure the facility is wired with explosive charges and ends up a large smoking hole in the middle of fucking nowhere. Do you think you can do that for me, Eric? Beth asked. The guard nodded again. She took out her phone and dialed Draper, holding up her index finger, indicating to Charles and Eric that she'd only be a moment. She spoke to Draper quickly. Magnus is taken care of. I have to sort through a few things, but we should have this place reduced to a smoking pile of ash in a few hours. I'll need that chopper within the hour, and if you haven't already done so, please find a safe place for us to stash my soon-to-be ex-boyfriend. She hung up, got up from her chair, and walked over to Eric. He was six feet tall, but Beth was as tall as he was in boots. I'm going to need you to do me a couple of favors, Eric. Can you do that? The guard shifted uncomfortably under the weight of her flame-blue stare. First, I need you to take Charles to one of the executive suites and make sure he stays put until I tell you. Eric nodded. Second, I need you to hit me, she said. Eric wadded his face into a perfect question mark. Charles quickly stared at the ground, not wanting any part of where this might be going. Eric, I need you to hit me. Right here, she said, pointing to the side of her face. I need to visit my ex-boyfriend and have a little chat. 
a nice Italian bitch slap should help get our conversation going. I need you to make a show of throwing me in the same room with him, too. She looked at him to see if he was following her instructions. You can get going already, she finally said. She saw his hand coming a mile away, but stood there and took the hit. She felt the back of Eric's hand connect with the side of her face, her hair flying and blood trickling down the side of her mouth. She remained standing, barely budging under the weight of a heavy slap. She rubbed her jaw and saw the blood from her lips. Nice work. She then pointed to Charles. Let's park this one somewhere where he can't fuck things up, and I need to see Jack.